Hi, this is Mo Oster, Misney's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. I will once again be making a plea for physicians to make sure they can take some time next Tuesday, March 8th, to join with hundreds of their colleagues across the state to participate in Misney's Virtual Physician Advocacy Day. With both the Assembly and the Senate finalizing their respective One House budget proposals by the end of next week and voting on them early the following week, it is a very important time for physicians to be communicating with their legislators about what items should be included in these budget proposals and what should be left out. For the morning educational program, we have participating many of the top policymakers in Albany, including Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, Assembly Majority Leader Crystal Peoples-Stokes, Senate Health Committee Chair Gustavo Rivera, Assembly Health Committee Chair Richard Godfried, Assembly Insurance Committee Chair Kevin Cahill, Senate Insurance Committee Chair Neil Breslin, Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort, and Assembly Minority Leader Will Barkley. In the afternoon, physicians will have the opportunity to have meetings with their local legislators as coordinated by their county medical societies. The list of issues under discussion impacting physicians is long and includes proposals that could be beneficial to physicians and their patients, including proposals to require health insurers to make similar payment for telehealth services for comparable services provided in person, increasing student loan repayment programs, increases in Medicaid fees, and proposals to address some health insurer hassles, such as unnecessary credentialing delays and excessive medical record requests. However, also under discussion of significant concern are proposals that would permit pharmacists to perform dozens of limited service lab tests, like tests for HIV, diabetes, and STDs, without any coordination with the patient's physicians. There are proposals to remove statutory collaboration requirements for nurse practitioners, proposals to add prior authorization requirements for Medicaid prescription, and proposals that would make it more likely for a health insurer to prevail in an independent dispute resolution proceeding for out-of-network surprise medical bills instead of the physician by requiring the IDR entity to consider this insurer's self-determined median in-network payment data. Next week also presents an opportunity for physicians to highlight to their legislators the importance of passing legislation to reduce excessive prior authorization hassles. Senate Insurance Committee Chair Breslin has introduced a bill that would exempt physicians from otherwise applicable prior authorization requirements imposed by a health insurer if that physician has received an approval for that procedure at least 90% of the time. It is similar to the first-of-its-kind law passed in Texas last year. Hopefully, we will see you all next Tuesday. Turning gears, last week, I had mentioned an important court ruling from a federal court in Texas that determined that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services had overreached in implementing the dispute resolution component of the Federal No Surprises Act passed by Congress by requiring that the insurer's self-determined median in-network payment, otherwise known as the QPA, be the dominant factor for dispute resolution to consider as opposed to other criteria, such as the expertise of that physician or the unique circumstances of the treatment that was provided. Misney, together with the Physicians Advocacy Institute, had joined the Texas Medical Association in support of the lawsuit. 
This week, the U.S. Department of Labor issued a memo that it and other federal agencies would be revising parts of the No Surprises Act regulations that the Texas lawsuit had, according to the Department of Labor, recently invalidated. Noting, of course, that rules protecting patients from surprise billing will remain the same, of course. Also, the federal government still has 60 days to appeal the federal court decision, and there is still some litigation pending in other parallel federal courts, so stay tuned for further details here. Also in the courts this week, a judge ruled in favor of New York City municipal retirees that the city could not move forward with a plan to transition the retirees from traditional Medicare to a more restricted Medicare Advantage coverage unless the retirees pay $200 a month to keep their coverage. The judge said that the extra charge is unlawful because city administrative code requires the city to cover 100% of health care costs for these retirees. The only time the city can pass along additional fees is when insurance costs raise above a certain threshold, which was not the case here. Many physicians had joined the retirees in raising concern about this transition, including the hassles that patients and their physicians sometimes experience with Medicare Advantage as compared to traditional Medicare. Like the Texas federal court case, we do not know yet whether there will be an appeal of this decision. Turning to upcoming educational programs, please place in your calendar Wednesday, March 16th at 7.30 a.m. for Misney's Next Medical Matters program, Antivirals, Antibodies, and Testing with your faculty, Dr. William Valenti. And also place in your calendar Friday, March 18th at 7.30 a.m. for a webinar on building a sustainable telehealth practice with faculty Dr. Kevin Gallagher and Sean Philpott-Jones from Hudson Headwaters. Please look to today's MISNI e-news for more information on these programs and how to register. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for your dedication to MISNI and your County Medical Society. We will speak again next week.